So I hope you've all had a good week. It's uh, certainly been a little bit of an up and down week um, with some interesting energy shifts. Um, I know that there was a, a shift on, on Thursday or Friday um, with, I think it was Jupiter moving into Pisces um, from an astrological term. We've also had some uh, powerful sun activity, so solar flares and such that is that is also causing some discomfort, um, which can manifest in the physical body, which makes things a little challenging. Um, thankfully, it seems to have sorted out my neck and my shoulder. All of that is working well. So thank you, Kathy, for whatever you've done. Um, I appreciate it because it's, it's all good. So I suddenly realized yesterday that everything was fine and my neck was, was move, moving um, without any discomfort. So that's been good. But looking into this, into this coming week, um, it seems that we are moving through another cycle of deep inner transformation. And that is preparing us for the upcoming eclipse season, which starts off with the full moon eclipse on the 26th. So we have that to look forward to. And then after that, we also have a Mercury retrograde, which I think starts on the 29th. So we've got some interesting energies in, at play here. Um, and I'm also seeing that as we move towards this full moon, we really are being urged to be careful and conscious of our energy levels. Um, from what I'm seeing and sensing, this is, this is really deep work that we, we are, um, or deep stuff that we are working through at the moment. And this can take a toll on our energy. So we really need to be conscious as we lead up to the 26th of our energy levels and what we need to be doing to keep ourselves stable, both emotionally, mentally, and physically. Uh, from what I can see, the incoming energies are really going to be moving directly into our heart centers. And that is going to mean that we really do need to focus on maintaining our emotional balance and equilibrium. As a result, we may find that there are emotions that are surfing, surfacing that will need to be cleared, which also gives us an opportunity to find some clarity around any blockages which still need to be addressed. So I am feeling that there's some emotional stuff that will surface for many of us that we will need to look at, some un unresolved emotional pain, unresolved emotional trauma. And again, this is important to remember that it may not be just from this lifetime, it may also be from other lifetimes. So we need to be conscious of that. And I'm always very aware, especially in these times where the energy is really focused on our emotional selves, that we must be careful not to get trapped in the emotions. It's important that we, we feel what comes up, we observe what comes up, but we don't get caught in it, which, which means that we don't get stuck in that emotional loop or in the memories uh, that the emotions bring to the surface. So it really, really is key that we just allow it to surface, observe it, recognize it, but also just let it go. This is not a time for processing emotional energy. This is a time for releasing it, which is two very different things. Um, I'm also getting a sense that our intuition is, is being heightened. So we are being becoming more and more sensitive to our environments, both internally and externally. So we must be mindful of this as 
we may be more susceptible to picking up or taking on the emotions and energy of others. So again, if we are aware of the emotions that surface, if we allow them to surface, allow ourselves to observe them and feel them, but also to determine, is this mine or does it belong to someone else? A lot of the time, there are many of us um, th that work with clearing and releasing energies from the collective. So we are all connected uh, to a collective consciousness and that collective consciousness shifts and changes with these incoming energies too. And there are some people who just don't have the capacity um, that is needed to process and to release emotional stuff. So that kind of then lingers or sits in the collective consciousness. And there are some of us who um, I'd like to say foolishly put up our hands and said, I'm strong enough to do that. I'll help the collective. And so we process and clear that emotional stuff too. So that's why it is also really, really important that we are aware of, is this mine or does this belong to someone else or does it actually belong to the collective? Rather than being sucked into the memories that it, that, that, that it brings up. Um, because this is an energetic process, we may feel those energies rising up in our, in our physical bodies as well. And so, you know, a lot of the discomfort that we may feel can be trapped, trapped or stuck emotions. It's important that we focus on our physical bodies and find space and ways to be able to, to clear and release all of that energy. Um, there's also, as a result of this, uh, there, there is some space that we have already cleared and made way for within our mental, mental body. So in our minds, in our consciousness, there is some space that has been created leading up to this time, which I suppose is allowing the emotions to surface rather than for us to get stuck in the analytical aspect of ourselves. So you might find that your mind is, is pretty empty at the moment, which is not necessarily a bad thing, because that also creates space for, for new ideas, new insights, new inspirations to come through, which is also really, really important at the moment. Um, if we're moving towards a, a Mercury retrograde, and for, you, for those of you who are not aware, Mercury um, governs things like technology, governs things uh, like uh, communication particularly, um, so we can feel challenged in those particular areas, but we can also prepare for that time to recognize that whatever comes up in a Mercury retrograde period is giving us the opportunity to rethink or review whatever it is that we are intending to do. So rather than looking at it as something negative, we can look at it as something positive that allows us maybe to reroute ourselves in away from the direction that we may have thought we was best to move in. So there is something called the Mercury retrograde shadow, which we're in at the moment. So you may find there's some, some things that are surfacing already. And I certainly this weekend, I found myself in a really reflective space. Um, and it's been interesting because it hasn't been a, a negative reflective space. It's actually been quite a positive reflective space. Um, my friend who, who uh, recently died or died in the beginning of April, we had a memorial service for her today. And on my way home, I was just really reflecting on what a profound year this year has been and how much loss there has been. 
And it's not just loss of loved ones and, 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 and that. It is also the loss of, you know, the things that we've gotten used to, you know, simple things like being able to hop on a plane and travel, to be able to um, go out and see friends, to, to be able to do what we like, essentially. And at the moment, we really are being caught in this world where it can feel pretty limiting. And I, I kind of sat with myself for the, the, this afternoon and, and, and really looked at, have I processed this? Have I processed the loss of what has, well, the losses that have happened or occurred in this, in this past year? And when I was preparing for today, I was feeling into, you know, this emotional stuff that is going to surface. And I felt like a lot of it, it is around what we've been through in the last year and being able to, to really grieve what we are letting go of and grieve the old world that we have lived in. Even for me, that old world was pretty uncomfortable. And I feel like I've been waiting for this time my entire life. Um, there are still aspects of it that, you know, we're having to let go of. We're having to let go of parts of ourselves that belonged to that time. And I, I think we really, really need to start acknowledging that and acknowledging for ourselves that we've gone through this incredible time of, of crisis, really, and we're still in it. And we are managing our way through it. And, and you know, each week we meet and it, it gives me... Um, it gives me a sense of hope and it gives me a sense of um, encouragement and a sense of, of kind of support when we meet every week because then I, I feel like, okay, I'm not alone. There are other people going through this journey with me. Um, and I'm fi I find it easier to move through my days just being having that awareness. And I, I kind of reflected on that as well before we started and thought, what if this, if we didn't have this group? You know, how would we all be coping? Because there's so many people that I meet who are still in such fear around what is happening, what is going on. They're still isolating themselves. I have family members who don't want to leave their house. Um, and, you know, here where, where I live, I mean, thing, life is pretty much back to normal, except for a few things like masks and sanitizers. Um, but everyone kind of seems to be getting on with things. And yet there are still people that are trapped in this incredible amount of fear. And I think that for me, certainly, I, um, I enjoy change. I like change. I don't necessarily like the process of change. So I'd far rather go from this point to that point without having to go on the journey in between. But you know, I think that for me, I get excited by change. It brings a, a fresh energy in and it helps me to feel more creative. But I think that also, personally, I've got to stop at points and go, okay, you've got also got to look, look at what you are letting go of and be conscious of the emotions that are sitting under the surface so that you can actually work through that stuff and not have it slap you over the back of the head in a few months' time which is what's happened in the past. So I'm really feeling that there is this, this time that we, in this time, we are needing to be quite reflective and not in a negative sense of just saying, you know, looking at the, 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 the loss from a negative point of view, but looking from the, at the loss from 
what have we gained? What have we learned? What are the what are the gifts that we have found in this time through the loss? And certainly you guys are a gift that I've managed to find and, and I'm grateful for that every day. Um, and there are other things that are that are are positives um, that have come out of this time. Um, Sorry, I'm just getting distracted by the comment. I'm glad you like my background. I've got a new table. <laughs> At least it's not so, so bare with just the white behind me. Um, and I think it's also one of the other things that was that was coming up and, and I saw recently that Lee Harris mentioned something on, I can't remember if it was Facebook or Instagram about the need for self-care and how, how essential that is particularly now. And that is coming up in, in, in what I'm feeling for this week. Um, and it, I think part of it is that need to be more reflective and recognizing on what it is that we're doing um, and how, it, how we are supporting ourselves through these incredible changes and transformations that we're going through. Because I think we just, we're doing it. We don't really have a choice, we're in it. And we're having to move through these shifts and changes whether we like it or not. Um, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people are caught in this kind of time of crisis management. Um, and we do need to be careful that we don't burn ourselves out by being caught in that crisis management rather than giving ourselves the opportunity to really feel what it is that we're feeling. Again, not getting stuck in, stuck in it, but allowing it to surface and allowing ourselves to feel it. Um, and ma really making time for the things that need to, um, that can re recharge us. Um, and the things that can actually build, help us to build our, our resilience on both an on emotional level and an energetic level. Um, it certainly feels like we need to gather our energy and as we prepare for this eclipse season, because it, for me, it feels a bit like there's, a, there's a, a, an opening that is, that is coming. And we're going to be shoved through this opening and we're going to need all the energy that we can muster to get us through because we have just been through one thing after another, after another, after another in this last 14 or 15 months. Um, and it can feel a little exhausting, especially when there's so much uncertainty still. We don't know yet, you know, what the world is going to be and how it's going to be. Um, we're living very much day to day and in the moment, which is important and, and what we've been told to do for I don't know, ever since Eckhart Tolle wrote his book. Um, so it, it, you know, it's important to live like that, but I think it's important to live like that from a place of grace and acceptance and serenity rather than from a place of crisis. Um, so we need to really look at, are we living in, in this space of, of being in the moment with grace and, and acceptance and, and, um, and harmony and balance or are we living in it because we're being forced to? Um, because if we feel like we're being forced to do it, then we are in crisis. We're not living in that state of grace, which is key and very much part of 
this, the, the, the phase that we're needing to move into. And when we are living in a state of grace and when we are living in that space of acceptance, we're actually open. We're open to the new, we're open to our own creativity, we're open to our own intuition. If we're living in a state of crisis, we're pretty much shut down and um, closed off to those things. So, you know, they will still come at us, but whether we're open and receptive to them will be determined by our state of, of mind and our state of being. Um, anyone got any questions or anything they'd like to share? Yeah. Hi, Kate. Hi. So I'm, I'm going through um, some amazing training with um, to, uh, it's called the Magdalena Practitioner Program. And one of the things that we've been working with is this idea of um, releasing those old habits um, those, those attachments, those things that we know no longer serve us um, by really deeply acknowledging them and going through a, a process of understanding um, at a very fundamental level how they used to serve us and giving that an immense amount of love and, and thanking that that old habit um and before releasing it and it, it occurs to me that that that's a process that's very much like what you're talking about that um that uh grieving the old um and understanding how it kept you buoyant in some way um, before letting it go. And it, it, it seems to really aid that process of, of release. So what you're saying really resonates on that level. So it's a lovely practice. Yeah, I love that idea of being able to thank, thank it for, for its role. Um, I think we often forget that, you know, who we've been and how we've been and the things that we've experienced and the lessons that we've learned and the emotions that we feel, they were necessary, you know, even if they were negative, they were necessary to get us to whatever point we are needing to get to. Um, so being able to look at it with gratitude rather than bitterness or resentment is a good thing. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a bit of um, self-compassion, I think. And um, the, uh, yeah, just and and being and being um, that that process of being thankful um, for that it really can bring you to tears, you know, in, in a really surprising way. Um, things that I thought, oh my goodness, I'm so ready to let go of this. I just can't wait to let go of this, and then stopping and going through that process um, surprisingly really deepened the the release. It's so it's almost sort of counterintuitive, you know, because I'm like you, I'd like to just go from, you know, point A to point B and just not have to mess with it in between. Um, and yet um, taking a moment um, or several <laughs> to do that um, has been really helpful. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that, Jen. I think it is really important. Can I hop in and ask a question? 
Yes, hi, Fats. Please. Hi. I'm sorry. I I can only get Foxy to appear uh, as video. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the problem is here. I keep getting every you know every week. I can't engage video wise. So please, uh, you know, just go by my voice. Okay. So I've had uh, I've had a really interesting experience this week. Um, I love birds. And of course, I'm, you know, kind of halfway up a mountain. So I encourage their visits with a feeder, which I have just outside my kitchen window. So anyway, this week, um, I believe it was Thursday morning, I went down and um, the feeder was empty. Well, there was a downy woodpecker on my window tapping on at my kitchen window and looked in for a minute. And when, when I got closer to the window, she flew over to the deck railing and sat there. So I didn't think a whole lot of it. I went out and, you know, once she, once she flew away, I went out and I filled the feeder and didn't give it much thought after that. And so this morning I woke up and there was a goldfinch hanging on, you know, my bedroom window screen tapping. And I, and, and, you know, looking in the window and as soon as I walked over to the window, you know, she looked for a minute and then she flew away. So they were both females and, you know, I decided to do some research. Okay. What does this mean? I know birds are messengers from, from the divine and all of that. So I have concluded from, from researching all of this, that, um, most likely a message about an upcoming opportunity. So my question is this, and I'm asking for insights from, from any of our group. Um, how can I, how can I be sure not to overlook an opportunity? You know, I'm being so conflicted lately, you know, sell my house, don't sell my house. Yeah. I, I you know, I just, I'm just really unclear about the, you know, not missing the opportunity. So that, that's my, that's my very convoluted question. Thank you. It's a good question, Faith. Um, for me personally, I think that at the moment, the opportunities are, are relatively obvious. Um, I think they're presenting themselves in ways that's quite, well, you can't really miss, miss them or, or mistake them. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, the birds literally tapping on your window is saying that, you know, they're right there. You've just got to listen or, or, or watch for them. Um, and I'm always of the opinion of, you know, things that are meant for us, we can't really mess them up. Um, and that the opportunities that we should be taking are the ones that we will in, instinctively, intuitively know this is what I need to be doing, even if it terrifies the living daylights out of us. Um, yes, and there it is. It does terrify the living daylights out of me. Yes. Yeah. And often those are the hardest ones to actually grasp because, you know, part of us is wanting to run for the hills and say, oh, I'm not really quite ready for that change yet. Um, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm having a an ongoing conversation with my eldest daughter who is wanting to move in with her boyfriend. 
and um, one of her, her, in one of our conversations, you know, she said to me, I'm really worried about what everyone else will think. And I'm worried about what you will think. And I'm worried about what my father will think. And I said to her, well, why are you worried about what we, we will all think? Because this is actually your life. And, you know, you, you have to live it. You have to make choices and decisions for yourself based on what you feel in that moment is right for you. It can't be me telling you what to do or your father telling you what to do or your friends telling you what to do because then you're going to be living everyone else's life. And so I think that at the moment, there are big choices that we are having to make and opportun big opportunities that we're having to step into that can be quite scary because they are so different from what we have done in the past. And yet those are the very things that we, needing, we are needing to be doing, the things that are different to the past. We can't be repeating things that we have done um, and bring that into the future because those are, those are the things that are going to be blocked. So it's not like we can actually make mistakes. And, you know, sometimes if we step into an opportunity, our expectation of how that opportunity will pan out is often not what it ends up being, but what it ends up being is what it needs to be and what is most right for us. Um, yeah, my, my sense is you, you can't really miss these opportunities. All you can do is delay them by not stepping into them. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I, I, I like that. Yes. Um, you know, in, in, uh, in all of my past life and, and we have, you know, I think I brought this up with you once that I was just so impulsive and, and everything in my younger, uh, in my younger days. And now I'm much more methodical, but that might not be the best thing to be at this moment in time. But, you know, in the past, my, my routes have been very clear. You know, I'm point A, going to point B, going to point C, and, and so on. This, I don't think this is going to be that type of decision. I don't, I believe I'm going to have to make a decision, seize an opportunity, and only then will the next step become clear. And that for me is a very, um, that for me is a very, um, not scary necessarily, but uh, it, it, it's unnerving. For me, it's mm -hmm. unnerving. And now I'm going to be quiet because I don't want to take all the time. But thank you very much, Kate. I, I appreciate your insights. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to take the leap. And I, I think that, you know, it is, it is unnerving because I think that we're being called to do things that we've never done before. Not in this lifetime and not in other lifetimes. So everything is new and that can be incredibly challenging um, and frightening because, you know, we don't know what the next step will be because this is not a path that we've followed before. In the past, you know, stepping into a new space or stepping into an opportunity, we can almost draw on history on not just this lifetime's history, but previous lifetime's history and actually figure out, oh, well, we know where this is going because this is a cycle that we're just repeating. Well, this is a lesson that we're just having to learn again. And this is a healing opportunity. And I've been there, done that, and I know how, how this is going to play out. Whereas now what we're stepping into are things that we've never done before, not on a soul perspective and not on a human perspective. 
And so that makes it incredibly difficult to navigate what are those steps moving forward. And I think that you're so right. We only get the next step when we've stepped into the onto the first step. And then when we step onto the second step, we get the next step. And, and so it builds rather than this road that is laid out in front of us that we can just follow. We're actually laying the road as we move forward. Ah, that, you know, that makes absolutely perfect sense. Thank you so much. And thank you, uh, I, I just noticed there are comments. Uh, and thank you all so much for taking the time to do that. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Beth. I mean, one of the things I have noticed is there's been quite a lot of bird activity in the last um, week. Um, I normally have birds flying around and squawking at me. And I suddenly realized this last week, I hadn't heard them for a while. I've got about seven or eight crows that are permanently squawking about behind me. I've seen um, a few hawks as well in the last few days. So there's definitely, I always look at them and think, oh, what's coming now? <laughs> oh yes, and, and Brenda had a swarm of bees in front of her house. That was on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of activity. Kate, hi. Um, just something I'm actually struggling with a bit this week. I mean, I am I am shattered. I don't know what's happened, but I almost didn't make the webinar. I was just going to go under my duvet and I thought, no, I'll see if I get re-energized. But really, really tired. And as you say, empty headed, but being quite reflective, doing things and listening to music rather than watching movies, for instance. So it gives me time to ponder things. And then I have no idea what I was actually thinking about while I was doing it. But there are some things where old patterns are definitely coming up that I see but rather than being able to you know do the good thing and observe them thank them and they've served a purpose and, and say goodbye I'm I'm really quite angry with most of them you know I'm ashamed of some of my behavior when I was younger I'm angry that I've wasted so much time in really a, a negative space that hasn't served me hasn't given me um, memories that I necessarily want to cherish and now I sort of think I've got less time left. Why on earth did it all take so long? So I'm, I can't really thank them for the service they've done me at the moment because I'm thinking, I mean, yes, great that I feel better now, but why on earth did they hang around for so long? Um, I can't really be as compassionate as I'd like to be. So I don't know if there's any tip for that. Well, I, 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 think, I think, Fiona, firstly, we need to be able to look back on, our, on ourselves, particularly when we were younger and recognize that we were doing the best that we can with the level of awareness and, and insight and maturity that we had at that time. I mean, everyone has made stupid mistakes. Um, certainly we, 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 we view them as stupid, they probably weren't. They probably were just parts of, of the journey that we had to take that, that got us to where we are today. And I also think that it is important to recognize that we had to live in a world that was pretty limiting. And we almost had to fill up that time with stuff um, to get to this point. 
And it's not necessarily the past that is important. It's, it's where you are right now. And the journey that's gotten you to where you are right now throughout those things that you've experienced, experienced and those patterns that you lived within, they gave you something. They've given you a level of maturity, a level of wisdom, a level of understanding, self-awareness. There are positive things that have come out of them. And I don't think it's, it's about that you've wasted time or taken too long. I think that the world is just only now being able to change. So there is a new level of awareness. There's a new level of consciousness that we all have access to that we haven't had access to before. Um, I mean, if I, if I think back to myself in my, in my early 20s, I, 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 I'm not even that, that person. It doesn't even feel like there's any part of that person that still exists in me today. I can look back at those times and I've got some wonderful stories that are really funny of terrible things that I did and embarrassing situations I got myself into and I'm very grateful I never have to be a teenager again but you know it was just the experience that we needed needed to have um and I think that partly you know what, what would you say to someone else in your situation you wouldn't criticize them you wouldn't judge them you wouldn't tell them they were a bloody fool for not doing what they were supposed to be doing I mean, I, I do, do remember having, you know, stupid fun, you know, and laughing a lot. And, um, you know, I wish I could remember all of it. But it but it is one of those things now where I suddenly think, my God, have I actually grown up so much that I have lost that sense of humour and that sense of fun. But I think probably while I've been going through this process, we've been in COVID. So it's not really as if you can put your new life into the environment that it should be in and see if it actually works the way it is now. Um, and compare it to when, you know, life was free, I suppose. So maybe I haven't had that fun in the new time that we're in now to probably even think, you know, it's worth it to change. It will get better. And look, I, you know, Fiona, I mean, I, I, I had a moment, I haven't drunk alcohol for, I don't know, 16 years, 17 years, something like that. And there was a time where I kind of had to sit there and go, I don't know how to have fun. <laughs> I don't know how to have fun if I'm not drinking. I don't know how to engage with people if I'm not drinking. How do I bring myself into that level that most people are at if, I'm, if I haven't got you know, a glass in my hand and, and a bit of alcohol in my system? And I, you know, for, for a long time, I really struggled with that. And... I lost a lot of friends as a result of that. In fact, the majority of my friends moved away from me in that time because they didn't made them incredibly uncomfortable that I wasn't drinking. Um, and it, it, I still kind of sit there and think, well, you know, what are the fun things that I can do now that I'm different and, and have a different perspective and have a little bit more self-respect? Um, and I, I think it's, you know, it's also part of that. It's like, what are the, the, the healthier ways that we can engage with life? Because if I look back to, to my time as a teenager and as a, a 20 something, and the times when I was drinking, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy. 
I was doing that to escape my life. I wasn't doing it to have fun. Um, so I realized as well that actually I've never known how to have fun because there's always been an intensity or some sort of painful situation that I'm trying to get away from or stop feeling. You know, so you also need to look at, you know, the reasons that we do or have done what we've done is generally because we were hurting and in pain. Um, I, th I think what you say there rings a, a, a bell of not reassessing your friends. That sounds rather harsh, but you know, what you used to find amusing in someone, probably because you're both sitting there having had a drink and it's all a laugh. You now look at them and you think, really? And you, and you kind of wonder whether you're the one who's lost the sense of humor mm -hmm. and maybe it just, you didn't have as good a connection as you thought if both of you are, you know, more yourselves. I'm not suggesting that every time I've ever gone out, you know, I've been off my face with alcohol, but, you know, there have been some very funny times with people who I thought were highly amusing. Um, and now I'm just beginning to question my choices of thinking, have I changed so much or am I just seeing a different side of them and life? And there is a different path. Um, just, just to have some fun, as you say, it's, it's finding a new way of having fun that doesn't mean to say that you have to be too serious and everyone thinks, gosh, you know, abandon her kind of thing. Um, I don't know, it's, it's going through my head this week, I suppose. We're about to come out of lockdown, so everything's about to change. And I think that, um, you know, I, I also think that as we become more self-aware or more conscious of, of what is kind of happening collectively and globally for everyone. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know for myself, I can be incredibly intense and, and really serious. And I have to consciously let that go and not get stuck in the intensity and, and, and look for the lightness in life and for the fun and spend time with people that, that bring that out of me rather than with people who make me feel like I need to be the grown up and serious. Um, or, or who feel uncomfortable around me, so therefore I feel uncomfortable around them. Um, and as a result of that, you know, it's, it has been a process of finding new friends and connecting with different people and finding groups, different groups of, 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 of friends that I get different things from rather than the same I mean, I don't know what it was like for you, but, you know, in my, I call it my old life, I kind of saw the same people every weekend. We did the same thing every weekend. And when I stopped drinking, I suddenly realized how incredibly boring that was and how incredibly boring they were because we had the same conversation that we've been ha having for two years. And I didn't actually want to have those conversations anymore. I wanted to have more interesting, diverse conversation with people. Um, and so, you know, the, the more sober I was, the less fun I became until I had to find a different way of, of having fun. Hi, Kate. Um, Hi, Nancy. It's funny. Um, this just came up last night because I was having dinner with friends. No, they had a couple drinks. They weren't, you know. And I, I've told this group before, I haven't had a drink in 33 years. Um, but I think you find, I can't be around people who drink excessively for any, because they just sound stupid, but whatever. 
good for you. But last night, I just decided it was time to start laughing again. And so things that we were talking about, I mean, I, I can be kind of silly, sober. And so I had everybody laughing. And at the end of the night, I mean, just over nothing, just silly things. But I said, what a great feeling it is to just laugh again, because I realized there's been very little laughter this last year, 15 months, whatever it's been. Everybody's been in lockdown and um, things are so serious and people are dying and people are getting sick and people are scared. And, you know, but I said to my friends, as I was leaving last night, we have to like make an effort to do that more, to find what's fun in life. And, and, you know, we weren't doing anything different that well, I mean, it was nice to be, it was a beautiful night and we were outside and we could eat in a restaurant again. And that was kind of fun. And, but, um, and Fiona, like, if I look back at my woe-begotten days, you know, I could beat the hell out of myself. But I, truthfully, if you look at yourself, no, I'll keep it personal. When I look at myself, and all the stupid things I did. And believe me, we don't have enough time to go through the stupid things I've done and how I've done with people and that have come and gone and all of those things. I truly believe I am who I am today because of every stupid thing I did, every horrible relationship, and believe me, I was a magnet for them, every bad decision and every good decision and every kind friendship. And, you know, aren't we really the sum total of what we've done and who we are? And I think the older I've gotten, I appreciate, I used to just beat the hell out of myself. And then one day I realized that I was kind of my mother beating my, me up. You know what I mean? And, and looking at myself through my mother's eyes or through anyone else in my life who judged me. And I try not successfully all the time to look and just go, you know what? I mean, I'm a more understanding person. When I taught college, my students related to me more because I had been through some of the things, stupid things they were doing and I could listen to them and not judge them. I, you know, I mean, addictions with, you know, pot and, and alcohol or food or all of those things. Like, I don't judge people on that because I, you know, have struggled. So I guess rather than think of those wasted times, pat yourself on the back that you've become a kind, compassionate human being that we all love and adore because of the things that you've experienced. And that is in fact, what you're bringing to the group. And, you know, Kate too, um, if you sat there, I couldn't relate to you at all. If you sat and told us how perfect you were, um, I think why we all feel comfortable admitting our foibles is because other people are willing to say, you know, like I'm struggling, I'm sad, I'm scared, I'm, you know, I did a really stupid thing. I 
so like I said, I, I really do. And, and some of it, I think, just comes with age and wisdom that you just go, I wouldn't be truly I wouldn't be who I am if I hadn't done all of the things, you know, do great in jobs, get fired in jobs, do, you know, have great friendships, lose great friendships. Um, and, and that's the sum total of who you are and what you bring. And I think the more you get roughed up in life a little, you know, the more you get in there and are willing to, you know, whatever makes you a better, a more rounded person, a more compassionate person with your lessons and with everybody else's lessons. Um, and I think that our struggles are our gifts. And, and I know it sounds so trite to say that, but whenever things like the rugs gotten pulled out from me in my life, and trust me, it has, I try to stop and take a breath and go, okay, what's my lesson here? Like, this is a terrible thing that's happening around me. What's my lesson here? And, and not worry about what everybody else's lessons are or how everybody else is going to deal with their life. So um, I say you applaud all those times, not as wasted times, but as going to the school of life that made you, it's like, who brought you here today? That wonderful soul, Fiona, who had all those experiences um, and brought you here. And for faith, for what it's worth, if you're living in the moment, which is kind of all you can do these days, because it's all kind of happening as we go along, then you're not going to know what's ahead. And yes, it's scary as hell. But you just put one foot in front of the other. And I promise you, the next step will appear. You know, like you want to see 10 steps down the road, it, raise your hand if you want to see 10 steps down the road. Well, I don't know if I do, but sometimes, sometimes I do. Other times I go, don't tell me what's down there because I might not go. Um, so just put one foot out. You don't have to go put 10 feet out. You don't have to jump off a cliff and drop 50 feet. You just have to take one more step and open your eyes and see if you don't get the next step past that. Um, so, all right, that's my wisdom for the day. <laughs> and I too appreciate everybody here. You guys know that. Thank you, Nancy. Um, and I, I agree, Fiona, you know, you wouldn't be the person that we love today if you hadn't had all of those wild and wonderful experiences. And you wouldn't be here with us, Fiona. Mm -hmm. It all brought you to the moment. And what Lee Harris was talking about, the time for self-love, <laughs> self-care, you know, that's... Uh, I love, uh, it was, I think, Neil Donald Walsh in Conversations with God, as he put it, you cannot know up if there is no down. How could you know hot if there wasn't any cold? You know, so it all comes in. And that compassion that you give to others, you are now gifted with the opportunity to give to yourself. 
And I think we've spoken often enough here. Sorry. Carry on, Kathy. I just want to say, Nancy, that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it was beautiful and on point, Nancy, beautiful. But I think we've often spoken about one of the things is when we start judging, whether we're judging other people or we're judging ourselves. And Fiona, it sounds to me that you're actually judging who you were and that's making you angry. And I think first step is to, to find your compassion and acceptance. Judgment doesn't take us anyway. I think Kate always refers to it, don't pick up the stick to beat yourself over the head. It's done, it's past. Process the anger you feel and let that one go. And uh, yeah, as I say, don't judge, don't blame. And stop yourself when you find yourself judging and blaming and say, whoa, it, it's not helping the cause. Well, I, I, interestingly, I think one of my major faults for years has been that I've been very judgmental of other people. Um, so maybe it's just the pattern coming back, but it's just landed on me big time at the moment rather than observe it, see it as an old pattern and let it go. It's it's kind of stuck and it's picked up the stick and it started beating me up a bit. So it's very helpful, everybody. Thank you very much for that. So I will I will work on it. <laughs> I also think, Fiona, it's really important to recognize that if we are judgmental of other people, it's generally because we're incredibly judgmental of ourselves. You know, so now instead of, you know, now it's coming back to where it actually truly sits and it sits with you. And, you know, it's all about us. Um, and now, so if you imagine, okay, so that you're not judging others but the reflection is now on you and it's about letting that go and just saying, well, you know, it's unnecessary. Well, it's, it's, a like way it's also, when you, you say it's a sort of way you grow up and what you learn. I mean, I have a very judgmental, critical mother who, you know, constantly mm -hmm. has something to say about something, which is usually mm -hmm. not very positive. Um, and, and it's a pattern that's happened and I, and I see it. Um, but I've just got to, it's the self-love bit, you know, it's like we've talked about this before in this group, you know, it's so easy to say, you can love yourself, everything's going to be perfect. But, you know, where on earth do you start on that one? If you're just feeling like you don't deserve it, then you you go in a completely different direction. So. Give yourself a pedicure. <laughs> Kate? Can I just, just, oh, sorry, what, yeah. sorry, just let me respond to that as well. Like, where do you start with the self-love? Fiona, I, I asked that question a lot because that was what people were always telling me is you need to find love for yourself. You need to love yourself. You need to accept yourself. And I was thinking, well, I can't because I've done all these terrible things and I've lived this life of unconsciousness, et cetera, et cetera. And what I realized when I finally got to the point of being able to love myself was recognizing that the need for empathy so don't look for the love yet. Find the empathy that, that you can look back on yourself as that younger person and to feel compassion and empathy. Like what you were doing was because of, that's all you knew how to do. That's all you knew how to respond or react to life in that moment and at that time. If you had known something different, you would have made a different choice. And from there, the self-love slowly starts to emerge.
So don't go for the love first, go for the empathy and the compassion. Eventually the love comes. Lynn, sorry. Yeah, that's okay, of course. Um, I had this kind of insight today that um, the ego is kind of uh, suffering. And because it's suffering, um, because it's kind of dying away, um, it's giving its all to kind of put us through the last steps of those patterns of just disliking ourselves and disliking the past. And it came up because my son left home this week and it gave my ego the opportunity to work with my emotions and, uh, and kind of wallow in it a bit. And actually, when I took a step back this morning and observed my ego and observed what it was doing, um, then actually I realized that um, as you observe, you take the power away from it. And that um, then allows your real self to come through. And then you, you can't, the real self will never beat you up about anything because the real self just is. And so actually, um, I think maybe it's kind of the end of an era of the ego. And, and actually, I re I'm reading, I've been uh, really guided for a lot of books. And one of them is about the Aztec calendar. And they're saying that the 26th of May is the arrival of a new sun a new era completely. So it's really a very, very important date. And so maybe this ex acceleration at the moment of the death of the ego and the, the end of all these patterns and all this, and maybe that's the reason we're getting all these feelings of stuff coming up. And so, yeah, hopefully it'll clear us out, but they say about five years after that, and then we'll really start to see really good things <laughs> good yeah only five years only five years <laughs> wow five years in a lifetime <laughs> all right thank you have you want to say something thank you so much um yes i i wanted to to share um that i i wasn't able to be here sunday um and i listened to the um, program um, Monday afternoon and the, the day before um, my whole digestive system said to me, all the parts said to each other who are you who are you um, are we supposed to work together and um, it, it was a series of physical pains going through that and and then <laughs> the minute I the next day the minute I finished the meditation um, my I started to throw up not I, no blame, no shame, nothing. <laughs> um, it wasn't from the meditation, but it I felt like my stomach was being recalibrated. Also, it, it hurt for for an hour or so. And um, the other thing I wanted to share is that I I hope so. I so I really have been having physical reactions to this new um, part of ener uh, energy that's entering, um, and. As I said in the, in the chat that we've been having, this is all brand new. We have it's not like we've ever ever been here before, um, ever. So how would we know what to do with all this stuff? We don't. 
Um, and I, uh, the more I can accept that, oh, it's new. I don't know how to work it yet. Um, uh, the more peaceful that I am. So this July 28th, I hope that I will be turning 70 and um, wanted to share that uh, in spite of uh, 39 years of no alcohol and smoking dope, um, 20 years ago when I was 50, I weighed 385 pounds. And I'm now and have been for the past 15 years. And that's just one example. Believe me, there are many others of, of um, inappropriate use of uh, stuff. Um, uh, for the past 15 years, I, I've been at a normal body weight. And, and for me, the tool was the 12 step program, which works for some people, doesn't work for other people, doesn't matter. Um, it did work for me, so thank God. Um, but what I, I really wanted to share is that I was, that me, if, 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 if it was 20 years ago, I was 50 when I realized that I needed to do something other than go on a diet. I needed a spiritual program to deal with what was driving the, the food addiction. And I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I had so much compassion for everyone else in the groups that I went to and so much compassion. My heart just opened in compassion to them. And then I remember consciously going home at some point in the first year saying, and if you have compassion for them, how about some compassion for yourself? But it really took me being empathetic to other people with the same issues for me to be able to find some compassion for myself. And in this time, and, and I'm a gregarious introvert, so it's been fine with me <laughs> staying home and going within. Um, mostly, I, I, I do wanna go see the ocean. I haven't seen the ocean in three years. But um, I, I also wanna add that um, I have, I'm just so grateful that we had the luxury of time to connect to our inner selves, to really feel the energies as they pass through us. Um, I can't remember who it was, it wasn't Lee Harris, but someone led me through a meditation about clearing the womb and clearing the uh, vulva and vaginal areas also in addition to my digestive system this week, it's been quite a body clear up. And I, I believe that, that, we, I, that I'm one of those people that's doing that for everyone. So, um, you know, it's a lot, um, it's just a lot. And I'm, I'm grateful that, um, not that it, I, it took me till I was 50, but I look at it as, thank God I was 50 and I finally realized that. Um, and that brought me to this place of love and compassion and empathy and ability to um, recognize this new reality. Thanks. That's, That's all. Thank you so much for sharing. That's, that, is, that is wonderful. And wonderful to finally hear you chatting to us. I know that you have sent messages before, but it's good, it's good to hear your voice. Um, Leonie did ask a question here. I'm, I'm just trying to find it and get back to it. Um, it was something about, does it get easier? Oh, does the feeling of remorse of, 
of old life get less as we grow into the new life? Yes, it does, thankfully. Um, and I think that the more we can find that empathy um, for, and compassion for ourselves, the easier it is to let go of those feelings of remorse. And recognizing, you know, that nothing that we have ever done is bad. I mean, if we can step into that space of, of saying, I'm a soul that has chosen to have an experience in the human form, that I've come in onto this planet, which is incredibly diverse and has every sort of experience or feeling or emotion that we could possibly imagine here. I've come to experience that. And we've chosen these experiences from that soul perspective because there is something that we will gain from them, whether that is a healing, a lesson, a learning, a, an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for transformation, whatever it is, we have chosen it. And it is important. And if we can, if we can recognize that we chose these things, the good and the bad and the ugly, we don't have to sit in judgment of ourselves. It was just an experience that we needed. And even if we can't really remember those experiences, but we have the terrible feelings afterwards. Kate, I would it's just amazing to me when uh, things like this happen, because this is exactly kind of what I've been uh, struggling with lately is this exact, um, you know, the past versus the present and dealing with things. And what's been really helpful to me is to realize that a lot of us have been traumatized and we're traumatized very young by a system that did not treat us the way that a human being should be treated, right? Either our sexuality was maybe pushed aside or because of our gender, we're told to behave certain ways that maybe weren't comfortable for us or our skin tone or whatever the case is, right? We had a social system that we internalized into ourselves that judged us and then we judged ourselves, right? And the trauma from that, I was reading this beautiful book about how uh, the different types of laughter and how a lot of us, what we think of as good times when we were younger was just the relief from the trauma, the relief from our traumatic homes, the relief from our traumatic experiences, right? Going out and having a drink with friends and just breathing and laughing for once was kind of a novel experience, you know? And I think we just didn't have the tools. No one ever told me like, hey, if you do these things, it'll help you spiritually, it'll help you grow beyond this, you know? So I was grabbing at anything I could that made me feel better. It made me feel like a human being. It made me feel like I had connection with other human beings who cared about me, who uh, weren't subjecting me to criticism and, and hurtful uh, judgment. Um, and I think that's part of this new world that we're birthing. We're saying all human beings, no matter who you are, where you come from, or what you experience, you are welcome here. This is your home. Uh, you know, and I think that's a powerful, and for all of us, right, it's about looking at the systems of judgment that we've imposed on ourselves because of the society around us, right? Who's told us to be certain ways. And we tell ourselves that and we judge other people that way. And it's really a way of subjugation. It's a way of taking us away from ourselves, a way of taking us, or me, rather, right? I want to talk about taking me away from myself. Um, and it's been quite powerful, I think, for me to realize a lot of that. And, and when I do have those thoughts coming up and this beautiful book about laughter was saying, you know, the, the relief of anxiety laughter is one type of laughter. But then there's just genuine laughter in the moments, what you might call sort of uh, spontaneous laughter, 
right? And I've been noticing that difference in my own life. Like now I find dogs and children incredibly humorous. Like I'll see a puppy playing and I can't stop laughing. I'm like, this puppy is ridiculous. What are you doing? You know, so and it's this different type of enjoyment that I suddenly see bubbling up in my reality that exists, I think, like a lot of us have said today, in the moment, right? It's not in my past or in my future. It's right here, present with me. What is what is bringing me joy right now? Um, and it's different, you know, it's not the gregarious, crazy, running around as a 20-something-year-old, shouting my head off in the streets, right? It's a much quieter, more passive sort of enjoyment, but it's no less pleasurable. Um, and for, for everything that it's worth, I find that it charges me up, um, rather than feeling like this expansive release that I was having to have as a young person. Thanks for them, Matt. I think that's really key is that I think that it is important to remember that for a lot of us, we were living in a state of trauma. And so whatever fun we were having was in reaction to that trauma. It wasn't necessarily genuine joy. Um, I mean, I know, I know for me, if I look back in my wild years, it, it, you know, it wasn't fun. It was in complete reaction to what I was feeling inside and unable to express. So I expressed it through these really destructive habits and, and, and really destructive ways. And I think that, you know, we've also, we live in a world of, of kind of extremes or we have lived in a world of extremes and, and finding what brings us joy is not necessarily something that we have been taught or conditioned to to do we've been taught to find happiness but happiness is short-lived happiness is is something that it's a moment of happiness and then it's gone whereas joy is something that is deeper and 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 more embodied and something that carries us um so we also have to shift our perspective of like those those explosive moments of joy are often uh, or of happiness are often a release of something um, versus joy, which is something that is far deeper and far more meaningful. I think that that's something, Kate, actually, that I've been really aware of now, probably because I am in a, in a better state. I am actually having moments of joy, which the people who have them the whole time might think, well, that's quite obvious. But it's actually a genuine feeling mm. of, of joy that I, I haven't had for a while. I mean, even just seeing a member of my family the other day which you know usually would be like a duty I had a sense of joy and that was just completely different and maybe it's that that's making me realize how the rest of it has all been a release from trauma and moments of crazy fun but they haven't given me that fulfillment of a sense of of, of joy at the time so yeah maybe that's what's making me more reflective on it but but I think joy is the key word here to sense joy is something I've not done for well, that I can really remember. Um, and it's a lovely feeling, but it then makes me full of regret that why haven't I had it for years, you know? Yeah, I know, I know that feeling too. I mean, they, you know, it, but again, I think that, you know, as a, as a younger person, do we have the capacity to even recognize what's happening to us? You know, we're so reactive to, to the, the, the unexpressed emotions that are, hap that are going on inside that we don't have the capacity or the ability or the maturity to reflect, 
and to say, well, you know, why am I doing these destructive things? And why am I not feeling joy? And what, you know, we don't even ask those questions. We're so busy caught up in the experience of, of life and whatever that experience is, whether it's trauma or reaction or trying to find those moments of happiness. Um, and it's only as we get older that we do become more reflective and more self-reflective and able to take a step back and say, okay, well, why am I doing this? Why am I engaging in these, in these things? Why am I, you know, spending time with these people? Why are these people even my friends? Um, you know, we, we become more self-aware. And it's only from 28 that, you know, that, that even starts to happen. Before 28, you know, our brains are not even fully formed until we're about 26. They're still growing. They're still developing. You know, we're still behaving a bit like lunatics because the, the wiring of the brain isn't, hasn't settled yet. So it's only really from 28 that we can start to become more self-aware, that we have the capacity, mental capacity to be able to do that. I like this. Hubbard's just written, I really, really didn't want to come to Earth. Me neither. I finally reluctantly agreed the 5,000 years of serving the Great Mother was wonderful. The next 5,000 years were a struggle. Yep, pretty much. Apparently it took me 900 years to come back to this planet and I was conned into coming back. Brenda's written here, I've experienced so many connections with people this week, hearing stories being shared from the heart. Our humanness is the central theme. Thank you all for sharing each story as a reflection and opportunity to heal that aspect. Oh, that's beautiful. Thanks, Bryn. Kate, I just want to add where, where Faith is saying, should she or shouldn't she, or what choices you need to make. Um, and, and, and as much as Matt was saying, you know, the traumas that we have and experience builds who we are. Faith, just trust that if you wander off the path, someone will be there, you will find that person, the right person to guide you back onto the path or the right thing that will guide you back in the path. And you just got to have trust in that. If you think you're getting lost, something will come around to either tell you you're not lost or show you turn left, don't go right. Or redirect you in some way, yeah. 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 And remember, there's no wrong decisions. There's just the decisions we make and the consequences they bring. You know, no wrong decisions. Just if I go this way, this happens. If I go that way, that happens. And, and then you deal with it. Or as Megan just said, which is great, you just recalibrate. Did you ever go uh, a GPS on your car and you decide you're going to go a different way and it kind of blows the little whoever voice is talking to you in there and I go, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, proceeding to a different route. Um, sometimes I do it just to aggravate a GPS. So do I, Nancy. <laughs> When I was over in the UK, I was the driver and my father was the navigator. And he kept saying to me, you're going too fast. You're going faster than, than the GPS car. doesn't know where you are. That was my goal. Uh, 
I'm going to make a, a personal comment, if I may, Nancy. You're looking much brighter and fresher. There's an aura about you today that is definitely more jolly. You can feel it and sense it, and it's lovely to see. So I just thought I'd mention it. Thank you, Fiona. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, I realized last night, we just, we all need to laugh more because, I mean, the world isn't going to get any easier, I don't think. I could be wrong. Wish I could tell you different, but, but we can find it. Like I used to be able to find the humor in even serious stuff and maybe not always completely appropriate, but it kept me entertained and you know, I think it does make you feel younger when you laugh. Like I said, there was nothing that was said last night that two weeks ago, I just chose to find what they were saying and, and you know, make everybody laugh. And, and it's just, I did my master's thesis on, on the power. One of the things was the power of laughter and healing. And that was the premise of the thesis. I had to take it a little further, you know, than that to get the master's. But that was my original premise. And so I studied it a lot. And it helps your physical body to laugh. It, you know, there's there's people that have done studies about with cancer patients and whatever, and the effect of just watching silly things on TV and whatever. So, but thank you, Um I also colored my gray hair a few year, a few weeks ago. That probably helped. <laughs> well, you're looking great. Oh. I was just written until 10 years ago, nothing was funny. Now almost everything is funny. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. All right, guys, should we, should we do some meditating? Everyone's ready. Let's see what we, where we go and what we do today. I hope the, 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 the violet flame was helpful for, for you in the, in the last week. Um, I certainly was using it a few times last week, particularly when I was feeling uncomfortable, whether that was physically or emotionally, and it did seem to help certainly seem to shift things. So let's see what we what we get this week. So when you're ready, just settle into a comfortable space. And gently closing your eyes. Just draw your awareness into your breath. Allow yourself to settle into this moment and into this space. Allow yourself to really connect to your physical body. To feel its groundedness, its heaviness.
And now consciously drop your awareness down to your heart center, the space in, your, in the center of your chest area. And allow yourself to feel into that space. Allow yourself to feel any discomfort, any pain. And just breathe through that. Breathe through the discomfort, breathe through the just through the pain. And as you do so, allow yourself to feel your heart expanding, heart opening. And as you connect deeper into the heart, allow yourself to remember, to recognize that the heart is connected to the divine. And connected to that divine love that forms the foundation of every living thing. And as you breathe in, breathe in that love. And as you exhale, allow it to expand your heart. And allow yourself to feel the pulse of love that exists within you. That flows through you and all around you. Allow yourself to rest in this love. And allow this love to wash away the feelings of remorse, anger, resentment, fear, confusion. Feel all of those feelings and emotions dissipating and dissolving completely. 
feel the pain of judgment being released. The pain of not being accepted or loved for who you truly are. Feel the weight of others' expectations falling from your shoulders. And as all this dissolves around you, feel your energy expanding. Feel the energy of your heart begin to flow through you and around you. Become aware of the earth beneath you. And feel the power of her support and her love and her acceptance. Feel the light of the divine as it flows around you and through you. 
feel as its power contains you and holds you. And allow yourself to rest. Allow your body to be recharged. Your energy restored. See the mind as a still and calm lake with the odd ripple of thought as it flows across the waters. See your heart as a radiant sun, bright and burning with light. your body is a tree with roots that reach deep into the earth and branches that reach high into the sky. Feel yourself becoming stable and secure as the winds of change continue to blow. And recognize the strength and the power and the purpose that you have at this time.
And now when you're ready, taking a few deep breaths and just drawing your awareness back into this time, into this space. Moving your fingers and your toes. Open your eyes when you're ready. I did not want to come back from that meditation. Oh, that was quite amazing. I could almost see all these bright suns in front of me as all of you. Um, it was lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. That was very powerful. I wept all the way mm. through. Mm. However, it wasn't attached. It was our conversation today and sharing and everybody. It was a clearing and a release. And so thank you, everyone, to giving voice to yourselves and the courage it takes to when we're feeling vulnerable to express that because it was a part of each of us. You know, vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. It is an expression of our strength. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you. Oh. Thanks everyone. It's always so lovely and I don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it will be wonderful one day when we could all meet somewhere in somewhere in the world. Maybe we'll we'll maybe we'll all learn to teleport at some point. I'll have a look into how we can. I vote Mauritius and Shay. We got you. <laughs> yeah, island life. Astral traveling. We'll just astral travel into the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I was apparently visiting Nancy last week when she had all her glass yeah. break. <laughs> so I'm already doing it. I just need to become conscious of it. You, you, you sure you weren't the one bumping the glass off? <laughs> I did actually wonder about that after we talked, and I, I did hope that it wasn't me, but I don't think it was. I got as much of a fright as Nancy did, so. I'm pretty sure it was the idiots next door. Well, blending. Whatever. All right, everyone. Well, I hope that you have a beautiful week, and keep in mind um what we've spoken about particularly i think around the compassion and empathy that we need for ourselves and as we move towards this eclipse and and what it is bringing up for all of us um i think it is it is an important time of, of self-acceptance and we are who we are and i for one am very grateful for all of you and who you are and the journey that has taken you to get here even if that journey might have felt a little dodgy i know mine was was questionable at best. The real gift is when you can see the dodgy part as like good. Yeah, it's a good story. Some good yeah. stories. 
Yeah. Yeah. And some good laughs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's definitely a book in somewhere. Exactly. (laughs) We could possibly have a session once where we bring our worst stories to the party and then we can, you know, make everyone laugh. Let me know and I'll miss that one. I might too. (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) I'm going to have to fib a little. Oh, I can keep you entertained forever with my doggy stories. <laughs> yeah, we'll distract, we'll distract everyone by focusing on Nancy and then we won't have to share. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I've got to go, but bye-bye everybody. And thank you very much for your support today. Much appreciated. Thanks okay. everyone. Have a wonderful bye, week. Thank you. Thanks again, Kate. Thanks, bye Kate. everyone. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.